<laughs> Welcome to the Brew Show! Yeah, yeah, yeah! Quarantine edition, cause Quarantine edition. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm, I'm in lockdown heaven. <laughs> you, you had mentioned that to me in, what, day three of the lockdown? Day ten? I don't remember. I don't know what yeah. day it is. Dude, it is funny. The day at first, the days I was I was staying on top of the days, and now they have completely just completely morphed into just one long day of quarantine deliciousness. Yeah, <laughs> it, it the strange times are afoot, man. It's uh, it's really weird. I I have worked from home for a long time. I mean, we have an office that we do work out of, and so it's not like I've been out of the office game forever. But I'm definitely not like a lot of people right now. I mean, a lot of people are losing their their you know what. Um, yeah. Uh, and then you know, folks with kids like yourself. Holy moly! Yeah. I yeah. I mean I I. I'll ask, how's it going? How's it going with the kids? I mean, that's, you got <laughs> you know, two right young now, boys, like what's up? Boys, they don't, um, you know, it's a, it's a learning process. I, I, hey, last time working. I talked to you, one of them was like swinging from the chandelier or something. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that was, <laughs> so there's still the aspect of trying to make sure they don't kill themselves. So that's always a thing. But, uh, you know, I'm trying to get, I'm not working, right? So I'm full time. My wife already works from home, you know, and so she's still, and her business has not been affected. So she, you know, hunkers into the office and, you know, I am, you know, the, the cooker, I'm the teacher, um, you know, I'm doing everything right now. So it's definitely like, we're getting into a bit of a groove, you know, like, um, as far as it's best to have a schedule, you know, we're going to do our math and, you know, he's in the Spanish, uh, immersion pro program. So we're teaching, I'm teaching him, you know, Spanish and they send home little homework stuff. And, you know, it's, it's kind of just keeping them both. Cause you want to limit, there's a lot of really cool learning stuff on the online. So on the iPads and stuff like that, but you want to limit that too. Um, so it's just kind of a, you know, getting in a groove where they're both like keeping them both busy kind of, and hopefully having them learn a thing or two. So, um, there's, it's definitely, it's, it's, it's tough, but it's interesting. So, it's pretty fun. I'm yeah. not, not lying. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's so many different facets of this. I mean, of course, you know, our thoughts, our prayers, we, they go out to the folks that are really getting hit hard by this. That that goes without saying. I mean, you know, we're doing a show here for the first time since the lockdowns. Um, you know, we want to try to have a little bit of fun with this. We'll talk a little bit about um, The Last Dance, which has been the timing of which has been great. Um, <laughs> I mean, talk about uh, well, the ratings for the NFL draft have been through the roof. I, I'm pretty sure the ratings for The Last Dance were through the roof. I did get an email from the league about it. So I'm going to just assume it was a good one and not all oh, these ratings were the, terrible. The, the WNBA draft was crazy rating wise. I missed it. And yeah, I, I saw a little bit. I, I didn't, I wasn't watching too intently. I saw a little bit, but those ratings were through the roof. I really wanted <laughs> like, to watch it too, but I've had this sort of aversion to like online TV. I mean, you talk about routines. We've got a routine over here too. And it's very scary kind of schedule but not so schedule but yeah no it's it's a it's a kaleidoscope of things and i think there's a lot of people out there you know if it's not affecting them they kind of feel like what's going on you know it's not really affecting me and then it's there's folks who are on the front lines families with two people that work in the medical profession on the front lines you know Gosh. dealing with child care issues dealing with um you know deaths in the family you know there's a lot of folks dealing with a lot uh, loss of work a forget the most recent unemployment number that's depressing right. so it's it's a tough time um but there's been you know a lot of people you see them talk about this and you know there's little shreds of positivity you know mixed in whether that's the environment is improving in places <laughs> where people no longer drive you know hello la yeah, um, yeah my, my friends in la are talking about like they haven't seen like certain parts of LA in like 
since they've lived there. You know, like <laughs> there's never they've never been able to see this hill or this thing <laughs> since they've lived there. And now it's like crystal clear. And it's like right in their backyard or something. Yeah, it's. <laughs> Yeah, the air quality there is 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 pretty epic. If you move there, you know, the first week you're like, "Oh my god, this is terrible." And then uh, you know, after that you're like, "Oh, this is normal." So, um yeah. It's it's hitting everybody differently and it's hitting everybody pretty hard. Um, you know, as far as quarantining goes over here, uh I'm in the same boat as you. So, um <clears throat> my wife's employer has got them working from home, but her job is more of a kind of a, a hustle and a bustle at every single second. She's in meetings constantly. She's in like four meetings a day Jeez. and you know, the zoom meetings and all that. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, yeah. I don't know how they get anything done, yeah. but yeah. Um, you know, so the worst. <laughs> nothing ever gets done in meetings. When I hold my meetings, I tell them at the beginning that nothing will get accomplished during this meeting. <laughs> And to try not to listen to me, and if I talk too long, please tell me to shut up. Yeah, yeah meetings are terrible. They're, they're useless. <laughs> they really are. It's, it's, uh, I got to figure out a better format for meetings. Maybe we just all drink together online or something. I don't know. Um, speaking of drinking, I have taken <laughs> this um, pandemic, and, and i am decided to a- appropriate um, two to three beers a night to some high-quality craft beer. Okay. Is what I've been there you doing. Go. It's nice. So you're actually uh, taking a, uh, a an actual technical approach to it. You're not just haphazardly guzzling uh, whatever. <laughs> you, <need> <laughs> yeah. you know, you've decided to save the Mad Dog 2020 for a good occasion, and uh, <laughs> I'm just drinking all Bud Light. That's, that's yeah. all. <laughs> maybe that. Well, you know, I don't even think that's better for your gut. Whatever. We digress. But um, no, I actually I, I, I try to drink two of the same beer first in the night. So I want to taste what the first beer I want to see. I want to want to see how it hits me. Yeah. And then there's a key key factor with a lot of beers is what's that second, third or fifth beer going to be like? Yeah, that's and, a good that's great. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, that's that's pretty much it. And so the second beer, you know, that's kind of testing long-term drinkability. And then after that, I just kind of go to the cheap stuff, which isn't that cheap. I, I didn't get them any sort of cheap beer this during this quarantine. And I may have caught a few neighbors' eyes as uh-huh. the delivery people came in with kind of crates of beer. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you, dude, you definitely like. I've definitely been uh, judged um, at Safeway, you know, because like you're at a Safeway and it's like for wine, you know, like once you get more than one bottle, you might as well go get the six that they have because you get like a huge discount if you get if you get six bottles. So like I definitely get judged because it's definitely like <laughs> you know the six pack. Then the beer, and then like some bottle of booze, and so like every like without fail, every single time I go to the checkout line, like the checker or like somebody like uh, the backer, someone's like, "I want to go to your house." <laughs> you know? The go-to line for every checker that's like, "Oh, an alcoholic." <laughs> that's sweet. I hope you make it. I, you make I would it. like to go like, to I your need, house. Like, like we didn't like the last time I went like we didn't I didn't get any and it was my my bill was significantly cheaper. Yeah, that is, I, I'm not going to say how much, but it was significantly cheaper. Yeah, the, the percentage cost towards beer is not in a good place, but at the same time, oh. so I've been cooking every night. I've cooked for like 45 straight nights, and yeah, so I mean I'm I'm getting good at it again. Um, we're not we have no food waste. Which, um, yeah. you know, that's it's almost because you, you have kind of not, I don't want to say nothing else to do because we are very busy, but like <laughs> there's really it's so scheduled out, you know, like dinners at right. this time. So we're going to cook dinner here. So we're able to like just kind of plan things out. We're not wasting any food. Um, yeah. So the budget's basically like 60 percent food, 40 percent booze. And <laughs> that's probably not an ideal mix. <laughs> But, but I feel like it's the most responsible I've drank in my entire life. 
Like it's it's oh, yeah. two beers a night, you know. It's it's just like yeah. sitting there for you, um, you know. And it's fun and it's um, it takes a little bit of the edge off because, frankly, at night you have a couple choices other than the last dance on Sunday nights, which will yeah. carry us through the next four weeks. Thankfully, yeah. Um, yeah. there is nothing else on, dude. I mean, yeah, I, it's pretty rough pretty rough they were showing some i mean they they, uh, the nba tv is like i don't understand some of the stuff like i would like to just see like important basketball games you know and they were doing that for a while but then they like digress and they decide they're gonna honor like you know jack sigma or something and then there's all these weird games that have no real like you know bearing on nba history they're showing you like the starters from like six months ago you know it's like you know i want to see some basketball you know and it's uh so it's interesting but the the last dance is uh definitely i'm very much looking forward to uh, tomorrow night so yeah um i mean it's just i think it's tough because like there's you turn on the tv you know you're, you're faced with the choice of what do i watch um a lot of the live stuff you would normally watch, obviously sports, isn't there. Um, but just even like stupid shows like America's Got Talent, you know, they're not going to record any new episodes of that. And it's not like we watch that show or anything. But but that, all of that stuff, you yeah, know, they're yeah. running out of stock of it. So you're starting to see just sort of like all old movies all the time. Yeah on this yeah. stuff and, and people are watching their series. Now I haven't watched any of the, the big series cause I've always been so busy. So I've gotten yeah. into that. I've watched Westworld. I watched, I finished Silicon Valley. So did I dude. I Thank went back God and for that. Dude, I started the whole thing and that was great. I, I thought they finished really strong. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why I really, I didn't like the, I think the third season for some reason when I watched it the first time. But like going back, I I really enjoyed it. I don't I don't know where you sit on it. Oh I yeah, it no, it was so perfect. I needed that sort of like the absurdist comedy yeah. that you know from a yester you know yesteryear because you yeah. watch stuff now and aside from the COVID ads, twenty four seven, right? Every company doing the same exact thing, trying to sell you whatever their 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 preparation H is. For yeah. you know, with, with like, we're all in this together. Oh, COVID no. preparation <laughs> H <laughs> since eighteen sixteen. You know, and so you're constantly reminded about this, and you're constantly reminded about the fact that you you you're looking for things to watch, and there's nothing on, and you know, it's it's just very cyclical. Um, you know, you don't know what day it is, and um, yeah. it's a mess. So we um. You know, we soldier through, and um, I guess let's just talk about the last dance. Enough him and on about uh, about my stuff. Um, the last dance was freaking awesome. I, yeah, I I, I I didn't realize that Jason. It's and I would probably mispronounce his name. He her. Uh, it's H E H I R. I didn't know he did it at the beginning of this. He, he's a he's a guy that directed another thirty for thirty. He's done a bunch of them, I think. Um, but he did the 30 for 30 on the Sacramento Kings relocation story. So me and him talked a little bit just about Mm -hmm. that stuff. And, um, you know, that one actually didn't get shown because of Kevin Johnson's drama, whatever you want to call it off the court stuff. Um, you know, look it up on the internet and you'll figure it out. But, um, they didn't want to show it because they thought it just would look bad at ESPN. And it got a lot of people upset, um, in Sacramento, because they were like, we want to see our movie. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, that got sent out by ESPN PR to a bunch of folks. I got to watch it that way. Um, me and uh, a couple folks that were, you know, pretty kind of high up there in the, the, the Sacramento Kings relocation story, you know, the decision-making folks and all that. I got to screen it privately and it was really good, like really good. Like some of the mm. stuff that they did, just he, he's he's really good at bringing in the music, and they pay a lot for the rights uh, to get yeah, some they do. good. Uh, music. Yeah, they do. If these first two, if these first two are any any indication, they put they put a lot of money into the music. Oh, but but it, it works, and it's oh, it's, yeah. it's oh, great. It's worth it. Oh, it's so <laughs> worth it. And um, 
you know, the way that he told that story was was just perfect. I mean, there was some like weird little like factual things that might not have been great, but like the, the just the the storytelling aspect of it was great. So when I realized at the beginning of this that he was directing it and I was watching it kind of unfold, I was like, oh, here we go. This is going to be that good. There are so many threads to this thing. You know, and speaking of alcohol. Oh, boy. Yeah. MJ's eyes, dude. He got that yellowy red kind of perma, perma drunk dude, glaze, and right? And, and it's been that way for, what, five years? Yeah. Ten years? <laughs> yeah. It, at least I noticed it probably like four years ago. Like, right, yeah. He's got definite, like, he definitely got them eyes that say, <laughs> I have had a few in my day. I mean, like, and how would you know it, Cause? How would you know it? Because I can tell you how I, I would know it. I don't know. I don't know. I just thought I've heard. I do a lot of uh, research on the eyes of alcohol. <laughs> There's so something so about I've coming heard. from Petaluma. <laughs> That drives a person to drink. Oh, man. <laughs> um, no, no. I mean, I've known and, and, and I've partaken. And, and, and even at levels like that, you know, it's uh, y- you can just see it on. P- that's why it's funny. Like there's players in the NBA that you see and you just know. You're yeah, like, we talk about. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> that. You're putting them back. So when, I mean, and, and there, here's one telltale sign of it. It's this sort of like arrogant, sort of like, I don't give a fuck. I'll put my drink right there. You guys can yeah. look at it. You see the pour <laughs> on that thing? Yeah. <laughs> hey, and you know, you know when, when he sat down and he put that drink down there, then the director's like, Hell yes. Yes, like, exactly. You know, you know, he didn't go like, he didn't go like, hey, Mike, you know, uh, you might say some things you might not want to say if you, uh, he was like, hell yeah, get the get the next one ready. This is going to be a great documentary. And then, and then afterwards, he's like, there are some things I said that might make you not like me. <laughs> and that's like crazy to me, like, so that's been so because you know I don't we have I don't know if we've talked on the air you know you know I've definitely over the years have lost you know quite a bit of respect for Michael Jordan uh, when you find out about the uh, you know what he you know the real guy but he's been like m- maybe the best public figure at portraying himself in the public a certain way and then he has this colossal blunder. In the most like, um, basically the biggest stage, you know, to do so. So that, that's that was pretty. Uh, it's pretty funny. Well, and I just think that when I was watching this, what made it so exciting for me was thinking, okay, there's so many different ways it can spin. Like mm-hmm. they ain't even gotten to the Dennis Rodman chapter yet. Right, like, right. And I apparently there's a lot of Rodman in this upcoming one on Sunday. But and, and that's not even important to what I'm saying. It's like almost like that's a big topic that you could probably take its own five episodes. <laughs> but that's off to the side. Like he's, you know, Mike, for the young folks out there. <laughs> I mean, bigger than Michael Jackson, I think, at the time. It's there. I mean, like, it, it's. Probably. I mean, he's definitely one of the, like, two or three most famous people who's ever lived. Yeah. Like, I think that that's, I think that that's a pretty fair statement. Which, like, which is astounding to me because, like, now you can come back to today time and people dismiss him. And I'm like, is there an age cutoff for this? Like, are, is this all under 30-year-olds that are doing this? Is it all under 28? Is it under 26? Like, where's this line that's being drawn? Because... I mean, he was everything and everywhere yeah, for, that, for years. For years and globally. And I think that that's what's, you know, just, you know, we'll talk a little, like, let's talk, let's talk about the Pippin stuff. Cause that to me was the, like, the first, <laughs> like, glowing, like, in the documentary, the most glowing, glaring evidence of Jordan douchebaggery. 
is the fact that to this day, he's still upset that Scottie Pippen was holding out or delayed his surgery. And it's like, dude, not only were at this time, were you making $33, $36 million a year from the Bulls, you were also pulling in another 50 to $60 million in endorsements. Like, that's what where I think maybe the younger, like, people don't get, like, he was the number one spokesman for Wheaties, for Gatorade, McDonald's, Nike. Like, he, like, you didn't, you couldn't watch television, almost any show or anything, and not see a Michael Jordan commercial pop up at some point, you know? The peak of that was Be Like Mike, by the way. Yeah, yeah. That thing was on every other, you think FanDuel was bad. It, it was yeah. on every every time there was a commercial. And so for him to be like mad and say that he should just play out his crappy contract when you are just raking in the dough was like such a douche move. And I love how like Steve Kerr came out like the next day. He's like, yeah, no, we, we all supported him. <laughs> <laughs> so like, well, we yeah. all supported this guy. Only one douchebag in the room. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um the, the drink, I thought it was scotch. So I'm watching this thing and I'm drinking the beer and I'm like, oh yeah. crap, I need to switch to scotch. You know, if Michael's sitting here drinking scotch, I got to drink some scotch. It ended up being tequila, which yeah, yeah. is actually probably still my favorite drink. Mm-hmm. And so I just, it, it's interesting. Steve Kerr loves tequila. So, so uh, maybe, maybe there's a through line there between those like, guys, between the team. Yeah, I guess he's he has a company. Him and some a couple of owners have a tequila, and like it's like an extra. Like they said, it was an extra añejo, which I'm not as fan of because they're almost so smooth and syrupy. They like almost lose their tequila ness. You know, mm. like they almost they almost drink more like a, a cognac than uh. actual tequila. So. Which is fine, but it's just like it's just not my preference. But yeah, he was drinking, and that yeah, that pour. I mean, we got to go back to the pour. I mean, like that's a serious like I, I that's got, a serious. Well, and I got questions, man. I got questions. <laughs> like so, the pour looked. It was like right up next to the top, and yeah. there was a good amount of ice. Nothing, nothing with which I would downplay the seriousness of the pour. Like, right. but the ice stayed pretty fresh. Throughout right. the entire document or the, the the couple episodes that we've seen so far, so were they refreshing the ice? Was it a prop drink? Was so the, and and I think the level went up and down a little irregularly, but that yeah. could just be him drinking it. So he said it was the he said the director said it was how they cut it. So like the the interviews, there was two interviews, one in the day, one in, one in the evening, and that sometimes the answer to the question would be from both times. That so, makes sense. So the, the, the level, you know, I mean, he could have only just had two drinks or he could have had seven drinks. I mean, who, who the hell knows? But it, but the, but he, but it hasn't, it has nothing to do with like the level of the drink. Like that was simply one was during the day and one was at night. So that's, that's what the director said, but we have no idea what was drinking between those? (laughs) I have a feeling just like this conversation, we will have a conversation sort of nationally basketball media wise about his drinking, about, about MJ's drinking. Cause I think it, it ties into his personality, you know, with the gambling and the cigars and the, and, and what, so you're talking about Pippin and you're talking about like, okay, this is so messed up. Like, yeah. You're 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 exacting kind of a a pressure upon him you wouldn't place upon yourself and and I think there there was something about the time that everybody was in at the time was was your your team leader needed to be a badass and when I say badass I, I mean that with some negative connotations in there that you right. yell at your teammates that you yeah. um, you know kind of break them down and build them up. Yeah. And you see in that stuff, apparently, um, God, the player's name is escaping me, but, um, I read about this in the Jordan rules. Uh, Uh, Scotty Burrell is is the player. He, Uh, Jordan famously ripped a player. 
No, not Burrell. Burrell was on these teams. It was uh, Jordan Rules. I think was dealing more with the like um, that first run. I know. I know this. I know who you're talking about. He didn't make it in the league, right? I feel like he um, became Is an Burrell announcer. Oh, was it uh, was it Stacy King, the Bulls guy? He was always ripping Stacy King, but there was one player that um, that he ripped more than others. I'll try to remember yeah. that. Um, and that was a great book that I don't know when you read it. I read it when I was like 14, I want to say. I read and it a little bit later. But yeah. It, it, it definitely portrayed Michael the way he's going to get portrayed in this thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but that, so as I'm watching this whole thing, I'm going, man, you know, there's so many different angles that you could attack here. Like Pippen, like let's go, I guess let's go into Pippen here. <clears throat> Signs this deal seven years, $18 million. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jerry Krause is is a huge piece of this story. And Ooh. it's too bad he's like, not alive to, to talk. Yeah. Like, hold, let's like stop for a second, dude. The stuff that Jordan said to Jerry Krause. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, that is straight up like third grade bully stuff, right? Yeah. I mean. That is beyond, like, forget about the fact that, like, he's your boss. Like, forget about that, even. Like, that's just, like, like, and you can think that someone's a complete, total, you know, piece of crap. But, like, that was straight up, like, bullying. Just making fun of somebody for something they can't control. Isn't that kind of like the world that we grew up in at the time? Like, bullying was, like, nobody was, like, don't bully. You know, yeah, no, no anti-bullying no, it was, it was, ads. No, it was like you got to toughen up. This is the world. And all stuff, yeah, you know? like you know, you put your dukes up, you fight. You know that whole bit. Um, oh, oh yeah. So like, you're a professional athlete. You're Michael Jordan. You get to do that to the nth level. Oh yeah. And oh, yeah. and and then Kraus. What I think is just fascinating. So this guy is a baseball scout that basically yeah. went to Reinsdorf and was like, I want to do the basketball thing. That's crazy. And, you know, I think, I mean, the NBA wasn't that big, you know, it was big, but not that big, you know, and it was okay, cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you do it. And he looks like sort of like the mean version of Jonah Hill from, yeah. uh, that's a perfect description, dude. That is a perfect... He does, dude. Like, Jonah Hill, mean in 20 years, is Jerry Krause. <laughs> and oh, so he, he's doing all the things on the cutting edge. You know, he's, like, scouting internationally. He's, you know, looking at small colleges. And, you know, he, he gets this deal that theoretically people should be happy he got. He, he got a really good player to sign for a very long time for a small amount of money. Um, you know, we, we, we judge GMs, uh, way more harshly than we do. We judge like just about anybody else in this world. Um, right. and the, uh, the, the judgment is that they're not doing a good enough job that they've spent too much money here and there. And, and then all of a sudden they, they get a great deal on a guy and the ba- there is a balance that's required. You know, if you right. don't pay Scotty what he's worth to some degree, if you don't say, okay, <clears throat> You know, we we um, you know, we have a little bit of a problem here. We we want to meet you halfway on it. it I mean, that's to me. If, the, that's good at business. The time, at the time, yeah, at the, and at the time, that wasn't like. At the time, fans and people didn't look at that. He was looked at the way Jordan is looking at him. Fans were like, he's just being selfish. Like fans at that time were very much on the, on the uh, pro owner, you know, finish, finish out your finish what you signed be a man and finish it out. And like, th- that's the way, but why like, is, was, but why is that cause? Why did, why, why, did why well, I, I, I think, cause I think that's going to be one of the interesting things that this sort of uncovers a little bit, maybe not a lot. But like fans not being cool with athletes making money. Well, there's a there's a lot. There's a lot there. There, There's a lot there. There's a lot there. But but I think like and plus at the time too like the this like he signed that so that was ninety seven so that was like ninety so that was like contracts weren't exactly blowing up yet. 
like a couple years. Because remember, Jordan was on a horrible contract too yeah. for a long time. But he played out. He was making like $3 million a year. But and then like I, I remember like at one point, Hot Rod Williams was the highest paid player. And he was making like, you know, uh, $14 million or something like that. And Jordan was making three. And like, you know, Sean Bradley came into the league with like $12 million. Like- so there was no rookie. There was no rookie cap at that time either. You know, so all these guys, Shaq, Grant Hill, you know, they were coming and making these bu- these tons of money, you know, and these like established stars were stuck making these pennies. But at the same time, Jordan was making $60 million a year in endorsements. So like, it's easy for him to go, I'm going to play out my contract and be a man about it. <laughs> yeah, what people don't understand is it's a two-sided business transaction. Like, right. I mean, so, you know, if management doesn't like their contract what they do is they make things as favorable for them as possible and some of them even go as far as to make things as uncomfortable for the other party as possible to get Mm -hmm. them to leave so it's a negotiation of sorts so they're always exacting that leverage upon the player right in in some way shape or form usually it's a threat of playing time that that right. comes in and says we're going to make your life hell this way take the take away the thing that you love which can also be the thing that earns you your next contract so right. that side of the business equation is doing all this stuff and so now what scotty pippen does maybe ham-handedly probably ham-handedly is says oh i'm not i'm not getting rid of my summer for these people yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you heard about summertime as an nba player oh hell no Think I'm going to be sitting up on my couch in some boot? You're crazy. <laughs> How am I going to get to each Bahamian island if I'm in, if I'm sitting on my couch? I'll say this: I don't know much about Scotty's kind of sort of like you know off the court persona, um, but his family, you know, they seem pretty straightforward, straight up, like good people. Um, yeah, yeah, he made a choice to. Um, to take the money, yeah. which a lot of you would have done. Right. <laughs> I mean, that back then especially was life-changing money. It was it was set your family up for quite a while. And yeah. he took a calculated risk, and he probably screwed up. I mean, I, I, I don't know yeah. how I would have done it, but um, you know, maybe yeah. he didn't realize how good he was. I don't know. That's a tough one. And then... Then, because I, 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 what I, what I liked, because I think that I, I gotta, we gotta figure out when the collective, when the next collective bargaining, when that next contract was, because that's when the contracts went crazy. So if he signed that in 1990, the next, the, 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 the contracts probably blew up to craziness in like '93, right, where NBA guys could really start making this crazy money. So. You know, you're you're taking a risk. If he's you know, he don't, I mean, he's taking a risk. Like, am I going to just sign a bunch of one year contracts until the next you know <laughs> collective bargaining thing, and then hopefully you know I'll be in the position to to take this or you know because it, it, it's it's a tough thing you know. But well, it, it's really what's interesting is because I, I don't know if they're going to go into it further, but like I, I remember hearing you know the Rick Pitino was talking about because they were really close. Like they had the deal pretty much done, and then Jerry Krause threw in like one more pick, but they were they were gonna it was gonna be it was gonna be Ron Mercer, um, who were they gonna keep? Maybe they were keeping Antoine Walker, but it was Ron. Mer- it was a bunch of dudes and a bunch of picks that trade, and it was pretty much done. And then like Jerry Krause asked for one more thing, and Rick Pitino was like, "Okay, this is this is too much. We don't have a team anymore. Like, like I, I literally can't do this anymore." So, yeah, it's just not a good relationship. So, Rick Patino, somebody Pitino. gave me for for a graduation present a book by Rick Patino. It's like, <laughs> stay out of bathroom stalls. <laughs> that wasn't a chapter. Um, <sighs> so, I mean, and Kraus, he's going to be like a through line through this entire thing. Um, you know. He, they they came from they being the bulls from a old school. We don't rene- renegotiate deals. We don't you know we're, we're we're cutthroat at every juncture. And they even go as far as to say basically that we are the reason that we're winning. Not Michael Jordan. 
not right. Scottie Pippen, not Phil Jackson. <laughs> so that tension will be here throughout the entire um, entire show. Um, you know, but Pippen just kind of keep going on him there. Um, you you really do wonder if he was like the second best player in the league. You know, at that point in time when they were peaking. Um, I, I don't. I, I don't know. I'm, I don't. I don't think. So. I, I wouldn't say that. I, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, he was definitely a top ten guy, but I think like, you know, the other, you know, the Malones and the Barclays and all those guys were definitely better than him. I just think that he. I think he's very. I still think he's underrated though, because people forget like his defense. Like, that's, that's what I'm I, stuck I, on is the defensive he's side. He's the best defender I've ever seen. And he consistently had to take the best player. Michael Jordan got to rest. Michael Jordan got to play the guy who didn't shoot a lot. You know, that's who they put Michael Jordan on. Scottie Pippen had to cover the Clyde Drexlers and the Reggie Millers and all. Like, those were the guys that Scottie, the Magic, people forget in that first NBA Finals that game one, Magic tore Michael Jordan up. He was too big for him. He tore him up. And then they put Scottie Pippen on him. And things kind of and things were able to change. Magic still got some pretty good numbers, um, but like he was going where Magic Johnson was going wherever he wanted to on the floor in Game One when Michael was guarding him, you know. So like, and I think that that aspect of having like the best offensive player in the world, being like free to just kind of roam around on defense and like not having to lock in against a high end offensive player. So, that's it's it's really it's a it's a great luxury. There's something about I mean this could be an interesting sort of study for somebody out there. It, it, players with late growth spurts. Uh, Scotty yeah. entering in to college at like six foot one, I want to say, um, small school, just you know, yeah. barely getting in. He had to pitch his way to get on the team. Actually, um, <laughs> right. That's great. I mean, almost didn't make it. <laughs> he he would have made it. Um, but like Anthony Davis, you know, basically entered his college years of something like six foot two. So you get, you know, you get a coordination at that height that you probably don't at the taller height. Um, you know, you're, yeah. you're not getting thrown in as many big man drills, you know, throughout your life. And so, but I wonder like, does the late growth spurt have any sort of correlation with the high-end athleticism that characterizes a lot of these guys? And when looking at Scotty, is he – I'm struggling. I know Vince Carter I might take over him in terms of athleticism, but I'm not even sure about that. For the time? For the I mean, peak, their peak, a a, peak athleticism. I mean, it's hard to – I mean, he was really good. He was way up there. I mean, I think he was. A, I think he was better athlete than Vince Carter. I mean, Vince Carter had better hops than him. Okay, but quickness yep. and explosion. You know, I mean, like Scotty can full on strength. I mean, you know, limb to limb, yeah. like Scotty I mean, Pippen he, wins. Yeah, I mean, when he when that last year, in the, even in both series against Utah, he, if he got switched on the Carl uh, Malone, they didn't help. He he, he covered Carl Malone, so we're talking about a guy that could cover any perimeter player and one of the two or three best post players in the league at the time. You know, Carl, that, that, Carl Malone pisses me off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Carl Malone pisses Carl Malone off, too. Oh, uh, you want to talk about a thing that hasn't aged well? <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel's anything, he, oh, anything oh, he's done <laughs> like pre-2000 or something? I don't know. Yeah. The man show and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Ooh, God. I bet he yeah. wishes he could throw those away. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, no, Pippen it's, it's, is... You know, it's funny with the Kraus thing, too, because, you know, now with everybody doing fantasy and how harsh and critical we are on GMs, he would get the credit today. Like, people would say, like, you know, say, like, no one, I don't think anybody in their right mind, I think if Reinsdorf could do it again and this was happening now, Ryansdorf would definitely get rid of Jerry Krause, you know, and not, you know, Phil and those and not Phil and Michael and everybody. But like Jerry Krause would have another job the second he left the building. Because like getting getting Pippen, he's he drafted on those teams, he drafted almost every single guy outside of Michael Jordan. Pippen, Horace Grant, 
next to Rodman deal. I mean, like it's, that, it's I'm very interested in the Kraus angle here because he has been the bad guy for yeah. as long as I've known about him. And yeah, there's going to be some truth to that. You know, there's an, but, but you wonder how much of that gets built up in this old school mentality of we are management and you're the players, you know, we sure. pay you. And then right. the players are like, you know what? Screw this. Like, you know, I'm Michael Jordan. Like, I, right. I want to compete not just on basketball. I want to compete with you in 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 the mind. I want to compete with right. you on the golf course. I want to compete with you, you know, in just about every single way, shape, or form. And by the way, at this time in society, we talk tremendous trash. So we're going to bully you. We're going to talk down to you. You know, the, the stuff that they were doing on the bus with Kraus. Yeah. I mean, and he's, I don't know if he's short, but he seems to come across short. Like he's just a short little kind of nerdy guy, you know, mean Jonah Hill. (laughs) And he is easy. He's an easy target. And so you wonder kind of like who made who in this equation. Um, And then you wonder, like you're saying, like, would would people be much more pro Kraus in today's day and age based on just the GMing? Not the right. not the handling of of all of the different right. facets of it, but just the pure decisions that he's made. Um, right. Be interesting. It's, it's it's a it's a perfect you know, and that's a you just want, I mean, it's just another thing. This whole thing touches on is it just touches on ego in general. I mean, to be a a good organization, at least in basketball, it seems like the there is a a cohesiveness between ownership management coach players that if you have it right, like if everyone knows their place and everyone respects the other person's place, you can move forward and really do some good things. If there's not like a a mutual respect, you know, like, yes, like, yes, Michael Jordan and them, they're playing and stuff, but like no one would have picked Pippen, you know, like Jerry, like, drafting Scottie Pippen is a big deal. Like that's a, that is a, that is, you know, the Lakers trading Vladi Divac for Kobe. Like that's a big deal that no one else would have the courage and the intelligence to do, you know? So you have to respect other people's job. I don't think that the players respected him and he certainly didn't, you know, respect them. And he certainly didn't respect Phil, (laughs) you know? So you know, it's just it's just one of those things. And you, you think I, I was I remember when when Dallas decided that they were going to not really go for their a second championship. And, you know, they wanted to save money for for when Dwight Howard and and uh, Darren Williams entered the free agent market the following year. And I remember thinking I remember they popped the bulls popped into my head. I was thinking like, dude, like, don't do this. <laughs> Bring the band back and let them let them lose it on their own. You know, you don't, you don't do this, you know, but you know, and they didn't want to pay Tyson Chandler. Was... They didn't want to pay Tyson Chandler. That's right. That's right. Cause, cause he didn't do anything for them. <laughs> I was watching the, the, we believe uh, warriors the other night. Uh-huh. Thinking about when I won 25 to one on that series, thinking how in the hell are they underdogs? <laughs> <laughs> they, uh-huh. I, it just to me was so obvious that that Warriors team was going to beat that Mavs team. Um, yeah. that, that was great. I, I got to bring it up. There's, there's that in the thirty thousand dollar win on on a on a Larry Fitzgerald touchdown that will uh, always be my favorite betting stories of all time. Um, yeah, no, you got to strike when the iron's hot. That that's going to come into big focus, and that's really the premise for this entire thing. Is the last dance? Everybody knew it was the last dance from the beginning of the season to the end. And that's a really unique place to be when you got that much firepower, you know, you've won so much and you've got really a great motivator is okay. Screw all of them. It's just us here. We got one more time to go, you know, let's go get it done. Um, and it, and it, it, the personalities, you know, we're, we're going to get a lot more, I think of Phil Jackson going forward. This will probably be great for him. He'll probably get another coaching job, you know, based on this thing. <laughs> depends. It depends on what they do. I mean, I don't know. The, the New York thing is, uh, 
going to be pretty hard to overcome. Yeah, oh, you know, <laughs> there's something that you said earlier that kind of reminded me. There's a Scottie Pippen thing when he signed his contract. Phil uh-huh. comes from a time, we all come from a time, by the way, uh, yeah. when information was not readily available. Right. Like, you got your information from the nightly news and newspapers, and you got it once a day, and you might have spent 15 minutes on it, you know, honestly. Like, and I'm sure maybe older folks, you know, spent a little bit more, a lot more, but still, you didn't know what was going on on the other side of the world. You didn't know what was going on. If you're Scotty Pippen and you're presented with a, a seven year, $18 million deal, you don't have this great kind of read on what the, the CBA for the NBA is going to look like in three years. Yeah. 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 You know, you're a basketball player. That's what you do. And you know, your agent tells you the best thing that they know. And they also didn't have an internet, you know, yeah. connection at the time. And, and agents, with, unless you're unless you're the only guy that that agent has, your agent is is not gonna care. The agent agents think in short term a lot of times, you know. Unless you have a personal relationship, a lot of times you're like, what what do I care? Eighteen million. That's one point eight for me. Take it. You know. <laughs> you know. Just he's just another card. You know, for the agent. You know, if you're if you are an agent that's really smart and really cares about your your guy. Then maybe you're like, you know, it's a risk, Scotty. But listen, the ratings are going up every single year. They've got to renegotiate this deal. I, you know, you, you, we might have to do something shorter. But then you're talking about so much less money. But yeah, then he gets know, like two years, three years at some other yeah. amount. You know, yeah, like it's, it's a, that's you know. you know not life changing money, especially if he's got a big family. You know, you right. get, you got issues there um and why i brought that up is you know talking about phil jackson what i thought was his downfall in new york is he was still operating like it was like 1997 you know he didn't understand that social media okay nba people laugh at social media by the way they think everything's a joke but they do care if the the brick and mortar or the bigger media voices are talking about something because twitter is talking about something so that's mm-hmm. how it creeps into the discourse. If the tweets are not favorable from the big brick and mortar folk, then, you know, a narrative can creep out into the mainstream and maybe hit ESPN Sports Center, something like that. Right. Phil is getting crushed on social media in New York for all the different silly stuff that he was doing. And he was, yeah. he was sort of behaving like it was 1997. Michael Jordan was the most scrutinized athlete of that era by like a factor of 50. Mm-hmm. And he still behaved like somebody that didn't have somebody looking over their shoulder all the time. <laughs> right. Now, LeBron, whoever, they know there's a camera on them at all times. Right. And right. It, it's, it's changed. And that's going to be, to me, when I watch this, I go, okay, how long ago was this? This is not that long ago, but it seems like ages ago. And I, I, I just kind of wonder what that's going to put in front of us as a conversation piece, you know, about who we were, who we are, how we got here, you know, and, and this, this player that was a God, you know, to so many, right. we're, we're starting to see, I mean, you see the blazing red eyes, <laughs> the puffy eyelids, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the look on his face, like, you don't know what I saw last night. <laughs> Yeah. I, I also, I also, that was a funny one too, where they were talking about the cocaine and stuff. And oh, like, I, didn't want, I didn't, I didn't want anything to do with that. Let, let, let me tell you what, <laughs> he, he, he might not want anything to do with it back then, <laughs> but let me tell you, <laughs> he doesn't look like a guy that has had to had that mirror past go past him and always said no. I can tell you that right now. He didn't. He didn't spit also, out his excuse very well either. He was like, "Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah." I, I, I said, "I like." I, I said, "I gotta go." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me a break. <laughs> like it was so. And, and, and this, and then from. I mean, from what you know, those of us that were in Santa Barbara know of him. Uh, oh, yeah, know, he used to go by there quite a bit, huh? He had a camp down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember hearing about that. Yeah. The stories are legend down there. So I thought that was that that whole point that to make himself seem like a... Didn't he tend the bar down there? 
Yeah. <laughs> that was because I was down at Cal Poly and yeah. So, yeah, you, you okay. Know. Now it's all coming you know. back to me. Yeah, absolutely. You know who I yes. met tending bar once? Dennis uh, Rodman. Oh, in LA? Yeah, yeah, down in, in uh, Huntington. Um, yeah. yeah. He, he's yeah, huge down there. It's his, his stomping yeah. grounds, and he was tending bar all the time. And it was like, yeah. it was just what he did. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, you were saying about Santa Barbara, but you got a good Michael Jordan story. Inappropriate, but, but, um, but it's it's fun. Like that, the place that you would go is pretty funny. They have a um, <laughs> there's a there's a picture on the wall. You you know who Richard Dent is the defensive end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he was on the '85 Bears. You know, really good. <laughs> there's a picture. Yeah, there's a picture. He was an MVP of the Super Bowl. He, there's a picture of him sitting there at the bar <laughs> with a cigar in his hand, like completely lit cigar at, the, at a California bar, and then and the caption is. You tell him there's no smoking here. <laughs> He's just this giant dude. <laughs> Man, I love restaurants that just plaster. There's, there's a a, a, um, a sandwich joint, uh, pastrami sandwich joint in New York that's apparently the best one next uh-huh. to Central Park. They Every inch of their wall is them with a celebrity. That's uh, mm-hmm. just a great business strategy. But funny pictures is, is what I was getting right. at. It's, um, you know, the cocaine circus was... Um, you know, that's an interesting, it kind of shows you where the league was and where the country was and just sort of like, you know, I, I, the NBA was so small. And I think that's why people have such reverence for David Stern is I don't want to get too, you know, far over my skis. Cause I kind of feel like the NBA was going to go boom, no matter what, partly because Michael Jordan was such a crazy phenomena, um, mm-hmm. dunk contest to, not being able to beat oh man you want to talk about some we're not going to talk any basketball tonight guys so sorry um we got enough content for another show though so that's nice um the highlights against the celtics oh man like and and just the way that and i didn't even see this in the last dance there's some 80s stuff flying around like uh the way that people just used to foul and we could talk about that all day but man these were freaking battles like yeah. And that 63-point game against the Celtics, oh, man. Jordan just yeah. completely uncoverable. Um, to, to, to bring to, – to have a sort of like a – not a David beats Goliath type of a deal, but he, he took his lumps. He, he took the steps, and then he eventually slayed the Dragons and then did it in a way where – I never questioned. I mean, I knew he took too many shots, especially early in his career. Like, you know, I'm sure if we watched it with the analytical eye right now, not talking analytics, but just really zeroed in on all of his games and said, all right, let's pick out the warts here. I'm sure we'd see more, but I never whole, I never questioned his control of the game. Like he always had control. So we talk about is LeBron better than him. And, you know, Isaiah Thomas, the um, Detroit Pistons, Isaiah Thomas is definitely (laughs) all about, giving the, the praise to LeBron and Kevin Durant and talking in sort of comparisons about Michael Jordan, which I think is great, um, given the drama between the two. Yeah. But talk I, about a talk biased. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah. But I mean, like, I just never question his control of the game. And so, you know, these comparisons with LeBron and Katie, to me, they fall on deaf ears. I think we've talked about well, that in the past, and I think you might have an opposing viewpoint on that. But... um Losing? Do you? I, I, I don't I know. Can't, I can't, well, I, listen to me. Like LeBron and him are way different players. I, as far as KD is concerned, KD is not even in the discussion. Yeah, comparing KD to Michael Jordan is laughable. It's beyond laughable. Like you're, we're not talking about just like yeah. Like understand the weapon of KD and his talent level, but we're talking about talk about a guy that just doesn't really understand basketball. I mean, he almost shot the Warriors out of a championship. The, the Rockets were able to go single coverage with PJ Tucker on Kevin Durant. <laughs> well, that's that's okay. LeBron, JJ Barea, JJ Barea. I mean, that's the thing with these guys. Like, I can't get behind this idea that there's a discussion there. Like, and that's, yeah, and you could talk. You could, people could talk about yeah, Kobe's shot taking and all that kind of stuff. 
Let me tell you what. If Kobe had J.J. Brown on him, he was going to score. They might lose. <laughs> but she, he sure as hell wasn't going to let Rick Carlisle have J.J. Brown covering him and not give it to him <laughs> every I, single possession. I, I, I know this <laughs> is probably going to get me in a lot of trouble, but I, can't, I, I think I would gun to head. I got Kobe over LeBron. I don't even. I don't even think it's that tough a thing. I, I, I here's here's the weird thing about LeBron that makes it just so weird is like he has this gravity because of the athleticism that I just can't really fully quantify. Like, yeah, he does all these kind of suboptimal things that that you just like just driving you crazy. Like, why are you doing this? But then like people just bounce off him like he's nothing. And right. so I go, okay, what is the value of that? Because I mean. Heck, even in just stupid pickup ball, you ever played with like a five foot four weightlifter, you know, that like, <laughs> he just like yeah. goes down the court and just shoves you away. And you're just like, right. damn, like uh, this sucks. Like, like you, it wasn't, you a good like, move. it wasn't really a smart decision, but like he put his shoulder in my chest and now I'm out of bounds and he's making a layup. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's just so you're stupid. Not- <laughs> But, like, it's effective, and, and so he has that. And then there's all obviously some defensive high-end play and, you know, the ability to rebound and just, you know, all this, all this stuff that he does very well. But rhythm and tempo and killer instinct and your team knowing and being able to rely on what you're bringing to the table on a night-to-night, you know, basis so they can know how they're going to play, all, all that stuff. Yeah, and I, and I think that another big one, and, and I'll, I'll green it, they were – both Jordan and Kobe both were playing, you know, under Phil Jackson, but the inability to maximize the talents of your teammates, like whenever they talk about LeBron is making teammates better, it's always in the sense of like the guys that really can't do anything, like the Shane Battiers and the Birdmans and the Tristan Thompsons, you know, those guys that either just need lobs or just, or, you know, Mike Miller's, Late in his career, even Ray Allen late in his career was just a stand up shooter when he was, you know, a standstill shooter when he got there. You know, those guys, yes, he makes them much, much better. But Dwayne Wade did not have very good years there offensively. Chris Bosch. Chris Bosch completely had to change. You're talking about one of the most talented big guys in the league had to completely dumb his game down and just stand around because LeBron doesn't know how to play with people that have you know, out of the same game, like Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan have pretty much the same game. Jordan's a better scorer, but they basically do the same things. They didn't get in each other's way the way that good players get in LeBron's way, you know, and, you know, co- uh, the inability to have a post player even on the floor, you know, like tell that to Kobe, like Kobe won three championships. He got a great, even a great post player. You know, like LeBron, you got to get out of my way. You know, it's like... the 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 through line between I've said through line like five times, so you guys can make fun of me or whatever. But um, the through line between Jordan and Kobe, and then LeBron, to me, I think is just fascinating because <clears throat> LeBron came up in the kind of like the final superstar athlete to come up in an era where there wasn't somebody over your shoulder twenty four seven, and there wasn't all this information at your fingertips, so. I mean, when I remember when LeBron was coming out of high school, like Sports Illustrated covers were still just like the the biggest thing that could, you know, that could happen to somebody. He, yeah. he, he, by virtue of that, I think, you know, there's this sort of like, I don't want to say like an echo chamber, but, you know, when you know you're that good, you know, if you're right. Kobe and you know that you're that good and you're Michael and you know that you're that good and Michael's basically like, I'm going to tee off on Krause the way I want to. I'm going to basically tee off on Scotty the way that I want to. I'm going to tee off on random player X the way that I want to. Kobe comes into the league and he's like, I'm going to be just like that guy. And so he starts to take on some of those characteristics, which, by the way, kind of makes me wonder if we should be evaluating Shaq in in a in a. I would like to evaluate Shaq in terms of his leadership in some mm-hmm. future show because okay. I, I've always had a respect, but I kind of wonder where my blind spots are for the leadership that he brought. And I know he takes a lot of heat for his conditioning, um, right. but Kobe is like, I'm going to lead in this one way and I'm going to play my way. I'm not going to cow to the other people saying I should not be doing X, Y, and Z. And LeBron his game has always been that he's like, 
<laughs> I'm not going to back you down because I don't go to the post. <laughs> that's not my thing. I'm a shooting guard. I like, you know, beat you off the dribble. That's and you see him play still. And you're like, man, you could straight line drive this guy with no question whatsoever, but you size him up and you do the thing where you look down at your dribble and then everybody in the building knows you're going to shoot that sort of kind of step back. I'm too tall. You can't block it three. And it's like two feet from beyond the line. And it, kind of doesn't really go in that much you know so it's like it they they've all sort of had that bigger than life bigger than the rules i'm not bending to anybody um you know upbringing throughout the game you look at these guys now and everybody's over their shoulder telling them you know here's the most optimal way to play you know if you play in golden state you know if you're steph curry you're doing neurological exercises to see if you can see the open man you know like there's there's different ways that people are approaching the game now that are more optimal and so i wonder these next superstars that come through you know do they have less of that stuff going on so that's um you know it's a little bit out there but that's i i watched this documentary and i, I just think of all the different angles that we're about to see it's gonna be fun yeah it's going to be fine. Yeah, I, I definitely, you know, there's some great, I'm interested in the Rodman thing because there's oh, just man. been like, there's <laughs> just some great like <laughs> stories of this. Like I remember like one interview with Phil Jackson and he was like, couldn't even really like get it out. You know, it was like, yeah, a guy like celebrates his birthday for like two months or something like that. And, like He's like, and like, and, and I don't know to talk about, like he, he said that they, um, the last contract that they had with him in Chicago, they took like, like ten million dollars, and he wasn't allowed to have it till he was fifty, and put it in a, uh, they put it in a certain account, and they were so concerned about him that they said, "We're this this money isn't you you if you want this you can have this, but you can't get it till you're fifty years old." And so like when he was like running low on money, he just went to a bank and gave them a uh, he just did a life insurance policy with the bank. <laughs> and so they loaned, so they loaned them the money, but that's like people don't do like organizations well, don't do that. They don't they don't give a damn what you do with your money, you know, in general. But like th- for like them to kind of fulfill to kind of like fight for him in that way and be like, we got to look after this guy. Like this this dude is like he's a mess, he, and if, um, we, if we left to his own accord. He's going to be dead. <laughs> well, that was the th- so, and that was another book that I read. I want to say like senior year in high school, so like ninety seven ish, ninety eight. Um, he wrote first person. I think somebody helped him write it, but like he wrote about sitting in the parking lot. Either it was at I want to say either Arco or in Detroit uh-huh. with like a loaded gun, and yeah. basically like, am I going to do it? Yeah, yeah. He, the, so if, if if it really I, I haven't looked and I don't know but if, if he is a part if he's like a big part of the next this upcoming I, there's just so much there and he's um you know just like one little piece of, of this huge yeah. story so it's fascinating um you know we'll have content next week whether we're talking about that or uh, what we were gonna do but you know this became too interesting here yes, was indeed. talk about what the league should do like should the league like i mean should they force a playoffs you know should they um just cancel it all and then just start from scratch next year um the when behind all of that and then so teams have been sitting on the sidelines if they do play this out what is that going to look like? You got teams with players coming back. You know, um, Ben Simmons is is probably okay at this point in time. Uh, Joel Embiid, you know, could use the rest. What does that do to you know sort of the Eastern Conference playoff picture? Uh, you, you got teams are just getting healthy. So who does that benefit the most? Where's the rust factor come in? Um, do they have regular season games? Does that affect the standings? So what what is the playoff picture as it as it looks right now? So. Um, We'll talk about that at some point in time. I, I don't know when our next show will be. We'll have to have a, a, a producers meeting, cause yeah, just just real quick, over under on uh, uh, Joel Embiid's weight. 
<laughs> Honestly, that's what I want to know more than anything. I just want to know who got so fat that they can't play anymore. <laughs> it's hard, man. Like, you imagine you're an NBA player. Like, you, yeah, you got your gym, and yeah, you can run around your house five million times. <laughs> what do you do, right? <laughs> I mean, it's a it's, it basketball. We're gonna get out of here because we're already over an hour. But like basketball. Um, you know, ba- game game shape is so much different than yeah. high end gym shape. You know, yeah. <laughs> we're talking home gym, and you're an NBA player, so you don't really like to get out in public anyway. You're definitely not trying to catch coronavirus, oh, right? Like, there's is a lot going on. It's you know, there's gonna be some fatties out there. There's gonna be some it's- fatties. Well, well, cause it's been a great show. Um, good to get yes. back, you know, another one in the books and all that. Um, let's see if I can do it. End of the show. Read. I, I don't know if I can. It's been so long. You can follow us online at facebook.com slash K O Z A N D B R U show. And on Twitter, K O Z A N D B R U show. And, uh, another one is in the books cause. Yes, indeed. Peace. Peace.